Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the NFL Central Podcast where we take a look at the great sport of American football from over here in Australia. On today's show we'll be continuing our division recaps uh, and we're on to the West Divisions, the AFC West and the NFC West. Uh, my name is Faship and joining me as always is Gordon Beat. Gordo, how are we doing today? Yeah, no, pretty well. Uh, it's a good day outside so yeah, no, we're doing really well. Yeah, we've had three or four, I think now, 30-degree days in a row. So summer's finally arrived, a bit late, but yes, it is finally here. Okay, without further ado, let's get cracking with the AFC West. Uh, and finishing up in fourth place this year were the Denver Broncos at 5-11. and 11. That's uh, a step back from their 7-9 and nine record last year in Vic Fangio's first year as head coach. Um Really, Gordo, when we think of Denver, as it has been for so many years since uh, the Peyton Manning uh, retirement after the Broncos won Super Bowl 50 back in 2016, the quarterback position has been in flux. Uh, John Elway hasn't been able to uh, really um, sew up that position. We see they brought in a a general manager this year, so he's leaving that role. But um, pretty much the essence of it is, Gordo, they haven't found the answer. They thought perhaps Drew Locke after his five-game run at the end of his rookie season in 2019, but this year he couldn't recreate that for me. Through for 57%, uh, almost 3,000 yards and a 16 to 15 uh, touchdown to interception ratio across his 13 starts. And, you know, from what we've seen, it's clearly not enough and you'd have to think they'd be looking elsewhere for their starting quarterback going forward. I mean, you'd think so. Um, I was really high on Drew Locke coming out of college, even like you said, towards the end of last year, he looked really good for his last couple of games. But I think this year, the shoulder injury really hampered him, but just he regressed in almost every area. I mean, he overthrowing balls, turnovers, missing on easy reads. He's just, he was always going to be a project coming out of college, but I don't know whether the Broncos have the patience to wait another year or two for him to come good. Yeah, talking of being high, you were high on the Broncos, I believe. You had them making the playoffs, is that correct? I think I had them going really close. I think I had them at nine or 10 wins. Mm-hmm. So, I I mean, that was before Von Miller got hurt and mm-hmm. uh, Cortland Sutton got hurt and all that. But even with those two, I doubt this team would have gone anywhere this year. They just, nothing went right for them. Yeah, spot on. They had... There was a lot of optimism coming in. Pat Shermer, of course, came across from the Giants to run the offense. Uh, as I say, Drew Locke was on a form. They thought, you think this defense is good. It's not, you know, top five in the league, but Vic Fangio knows how to coach him up. And you mentioned losing Von Miller in the offseason. That was an issue. I mean, uh, offensively, this team was, was bad. 28th in points, 23rd in yards. Uh, in the backfield, you've got Melvin Gorvin and, and Philip Lindsay. Uh, Shermer decided to lose use a lot more of the older Melvin Gordon. Um, Philip Lindsay, the reports are, isn't happy about that and is uh, frustrated with his role in the current offense. So that'll be something to watch over the offseason. In terms of the draft hole, Jerry Judy, I thought was okay in his rookie season. He caught 53 balls for eight, 52 and three scores, including some amazing and athletic catches. Um, I see him as a breakout contender, perhaps in, perhaps in his second year, if they can get a good QB to throw to him. Uh he's working in that receiving core with kind of Tim Patrick and Noah Fant at the tight end position, who was always one of uh, Locke's favorite targets there. So that, you know, there are pieces there, but uh, this offense just doesn't excite me, Gordo. What do you, where, how do you see this offense improving going forward? I mean, Jerry Judy, I had is probably the number one receiver in the class last year, but you mentioned, yeah, he caught 52 balls. That was on 113 targets. So he caught less than half the ball thrown his way. He, he dropped a lot of catches. Yes, some of them were because Drew Locke can't throw. But yeah. he's got quite a bit to work on, I think, over the offseason in terms of just getting his hands right. He's got the skills after the catch. He's a great route runner. He just needs to consistently catch the ball. But I think... If he's the second option, I really like Cortland Sutton, who missed most of the year. Noah fan, yeah, he's pretty good. Tim Patrick sort of broke out. No, second or third position. receiver. Yeah, they're in a really weird position, I think, on offense. Like, they've got the young pieces there, but they haven't shown much. Um, mm. Garrett Bowles finally had a really good season, who they drafted in the first round, I think, three years ago, and looked mm. like a complete bust his first two seasons. But he... I think he made all pro or second team all pro this year. He was incredible at left tackle. Mm-hmm. 
and that's another important thing. If you're looking to go in free agency, if they want to bring, uh, if they want to bring someone in, the offensive line is so important um, in that area. I just on the Broncos' offense, it's been so many years, and I'm sure you think the same. Even prior to that last Peyton Manning season, since I was excited watching the Broncos' offense, it's just been uh, they've had do-overs. They've had three or four offensive coordinators. None of them have been able to um, kind of get any juice going. I think it's you can point to talent and, and it's all there, but it, or something wrong with the scheme, but it just hasn't worked for them. As I mentioned, John Elway has been kind of, well, technically it's a promotion. He goes from GM uh, to another position within the front office, but you know, uh, I don't know what they're going to have to do to juice up that offense. Um, the defense is where I guess we, we, we think of the Broncos as a defensive team, but rankings wise 25th in points, 21st in yards. So statistically it wasn't there. You mentioned Von Miller going out, um, before the start of the season, uh, with the for the entire season, um, Bradley Chubb, very 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 um, impressive year on that defensive line with the seven and a half sacks. Malik Reed is a good linebacker; he had eight sacks himself. As I say, we we think of them as a defensive team. Vic Fangio knows what he's doing with this defense. Are you concerned at all? Perhaps anywhere you think they might need to add depth on that defense. I mean. Their safety position is pretty good. Justin Simmons is elite. Uh, Kareem Jackson, I think, is a free agent. But outside of that, their secondary is really weak. Uh, Bryce Callahan's all right, but he's 29 and injury prone. Um, outside of him, the corners are... Is it Kareem Jackson? and Essang Bassi. So the secondary is really weak. The linebacker core is pretty good. Uh, Chubb, Alexander Johnson, Josie Jules, all right. Von Miller, if he's still there next year. D-line, solid. I think oh, if, the they get the, yeah, if they can get the corners sorted out, I think the defense is going to be good. It's just whether they can actually get the corners sorted out. Yeah, I think it's spot on. I think I have written down here corners. Eh, are they any good? As you said, Simmons is a star, and we talked about Malik Reed and Bradley Chubb. Uh, Von Miller back in the picks. Yeah, as I say, it's it's. Um, I'm not worried about the defense. I think like so many of the teams we've been discussing these last few weeks, it all depends on the starting QB position. I know you floated Matthew Stafford's name early for someone the uh, someone the Broncos could pursue. That's not um, that's not obviously going to happen anymore. But I mean, you look at the list: Carson Wentz, doubtful. The other names, are, they don't you know um, aside from of course Deshaun Watson, they don't leap out at you. The kind of Andy Dalton, the Cam Newton type. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where they're going to go for a new QB, but with Drew, Drew, Drew Locke starting again, say he does, I don't see them as a playoff team next year, Gordo. Oh, no, they're probably a year or two off at least. Um, I honestly can't see Vic Fangio lasting longer than next year. I really doubted he'd actually still have a job now. But, yeah, I unless they do actually make the playoffs next year, I don't think he'll be the coach for much longer. Yeah, I think the the Vic Fangio high is just about they want to bring some stability to the franchise that um, you know perhaps hasn't been there. Uh, Vance Joseph he went after two years, but they've decided to uh, keep Fangio Fangio around and give him another shot. Um, okay, moving west out towards LA where the Chargers play seven and nine season for them, third in the AFC West, and, and you know it's it's a typical Chargers campaign is what I thought of it. They had all the talent there, but whether it be through coaching or, or you know other factors, they found a way to, to blow a lot of close games and shoot themselves in the foot when it mattered. Um, a two and seven start, all seven of those losses by one possession, uh, an unbeaten final four games kind of skewed their record into a somewhat um, commendable position. Wasn't enough to save Anthony Lynn though and his coaching staff. They're all out the door and they bring in ex-Rams DC Brandon Staley as the new head coach. Of course, he... Uh, coordinator of the league's best defense last year and Joe Lombardi comes in from the Saints as offensive coordinator, long-time quarterbacks coach there. Of the teams who missed the playoffs, Gordo, I think this is, the Chargers have got to be um, one of the teams we're highest on and that's all down to uh, one person, that's Justin Herbert. Uh, yeah, definitely. Although I feel like that's how it is with the Chargers almost every year. I feel like the last four or five years aside from a couple that they did actually make the playoffs it was always oh when they get players back from injury when they sort out the special teams this team will be a playoff team and then the exact same thing happens next year they struggle with the injuries early on in preseason. they get off to a horrible start they lose more players they struggle and it's just a never-ending cycle it seems for LA 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, going uh, digging into a bit more about Herbert, of course, he comes in in week two to start last second against the Chiefs after Tyrod Taylor's involved in a bit of an issue with a punctured lung thanks to uh, a fiasco involving the team uh, doctor. He passes for uh, 4,300 yards, completing 67% of his passes for 31 touchdowns uh, and just the 10 interceptions. Offensive rookie of the year, uh, not a pro bowler, but um, certainly one of the better rookie seasons we've seen in recent years. And when you look around, particularly on offense, you've got what I consider to be two A-grade receivers, Keenan Allen uh, and Mike Williams. You've got Hunter Henry at tight end. Um you know, you've got all you've got the positions there, and you've got a serviceable running game with Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly as kind of a tag team in the back. I think the O line is an area on the offensive side of the ball. I think they need work. You've got a young QB. Last thing you want is him getting hit all the time. You've got a you know, uh, longevity is important in this league, and a good offensive line is key there. Um, so yeah, this offense I think is uh, very good. Gordo, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much hit it on the head there. Um, Herbert was incredible for I mean I thought he would be the biggest bust out of this class and he completely proved that wrong he was amazing um yeah I think it's just they signed Brian Balaga in free agency but mm-hmm. he was often injured as was kind of expected given his time with the Packers um yeah I think they needed the update on the offensive line uh they're picking 13 I wouldn't be surprised to see a trade up for a tackle um, yeah, but I think outside of that, the offense is really well set up. I mean, they've got the weapons on offense. Uh, Hunter Henry's a free agent, but I'm not sure whether they bring him back or not. I think he played on the franchise tag this year, if I'm right. And he's a really good weapon for them, but I don't know if you can justify paying him what he wants when they've got the other issues. So I think even if they let him walk, the offense is still really well set up for next year. Yeah. And I think, Talking of that, these I think Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is possibly the most underrated duo of wide receivers in the league. I know the Chargers don't get a lot of good, good, good press because they, their records have not always been the best. But, I mean, Keenan Allen caught 100 balls for nine, 990 yards and Mike Williams only 50 balls for 750 yards uh, and, you know, 13 touchdowns between them. Um, part of what makes this offense so exciting. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, we're, dra- we're drawn, excuse me, to Joey Bosa, Seven and a half sacks this year, based on that uh, on that um, defensive line. Look, Gus Bradley um, is out the door. He was considered to be one of the best defensive coordinators when he went in. He didn't always have the success he wanted with this unit. Um, Brandon Staley, as I mentioned earlier, coming across from the Rams, where he had the uh, Aaron Donald and Co. And, and the best defense in the league. Do you see him having the same success, or do you think they need more talent um, on that defense? I think the defense is set up really well. I mean, you've got Joey Bosa, who's an incredible edge rusher. Um, Melvin Ingram's probably not going to be there next year, but the secondary is really good. Uh, Chris Harris, Casey Haywood, Derwin James is the key, I think, to this defense. He's been injured for all, I think, but five games out of the last two seasons. He had an, an amazing rookie year, and then he's barely played since. If he's healthy, I think this defense is enough win them games yeah didn't play i didn't they had a torn meniscus i think it was or something, and had surgery on that um and missed all of last year and you're right only played five games uh, last year so if he can come back and be uh, and be the playmaker that he was that uh, certainly first team all pro mm. and pro bowler uh, as you said back in that rookie year so yeah that'd go a long way towards them uh returning to the playoffs uh it's a tough question to ask you know with the, with the charges involved do you see them putting the kind of snake bit status behind them next year and going back to the playoffs a bit like we saw in 2018 where they went 12 and four and won a playoff game? Do you think that's certainly, well, of course it's possible. Do you see that happening next year? I think so. I mean, they're probably the second best team in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they, the talent's all there. It's the same thing we say every year. I mean, the talent is all there. They've got elite on, on both sides of the ball. It's just whether the coaching staff can put it all together and, I think Brandon Staley can do that. I've probably got them going to the playoffs at this point, depending on who they pick up in the draft. But, yeah, I think I see them as a playoff team. Yeah, I think they're a um, team I'm very, very much looking forward to see. Um, you know, with – I just hope for all the fans for so many years they can have a good year without – I mean, it was tough to watch sometimes. A couple of uh, 
uh, end of half situations where they absolutely, but their special teams is one of the worst units we've ever seen. So hopefully they can get that cleared up and be bearable to watch because it is such an exciting offense. And Justin Herbert is such a talent um, at the quarterback position. Off we go to Las Vegas. Um, a frustrating season, I would say, for Raiders fans and John Gruden fans alike. Very similar to last season, the season before. Six and three start, followed by a one and five slide before they won on closing day. And the only win in this six, the last final six games was, uh, say, against against the Jets. And we all know why that happened with Greg Williams' ill-fated all-out blitz call on a Hail Mary attempt, which gave the Raiders the last second win. Um, when they were on Gordo, this looked like the class of the AFC. I mean, they went to Kansas City and won uh, in week five and they beat the Saints in their uh, stadium opener uh, there in week two. They went to Cleveland and won a game in really insipid conditions. So, you know, they were beating these um, high quality playoff teams. I, I just feel like the leaky defense let them down. We know it's been a problem for multiple years now. Paul Gunther got fired after they lost uh, in week 15, I believe it was, at home to Indianapolis. Um, you know, it's why this team didn't go to the playoffs because as far as I see, Derek Carr was pretty amazing this year. Yeah, no, he had a really good year. Um, it was the best he's looked since he had that MVP caliber campaign until he broke his leg in, what, I think, 2016. I think it was. Yeah. He, the offense is not the issue for the Raiders. I mean, that was a playoff caliber offense. They averaged, what, um, 27 points per game. It's the 10th best offense in the league. It's just they gave up 30 per game. And mm-hmm. you can't be expected to win if your defense is giving up 30 points per game. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're a top 10 offense in both points and yards. And they're, what, 28th in VRs and 30th in points defensively. They brought across, I just mentioned him with the Chargers, Gus Bradley, um, as the new defensive coordinator. He's got a big job on his hands. Um, before we, just to get back onto um, the offense for a second, it's funny. They were so good that even when Derek Carr got injured in the Week 16 matchup against uh, the Dolphins on, on Saturday night, Mar- Mariota came in and looked and looked pretty amazing. So everything was going right. John Gruden's clearly clearly got this offense into position where he wants it um, uh, to go. You look at Mariota's stats in that game. What was he? Oh, they don't look as impressive as I remember them being. But he's certainly he's now become a free agent. He's now become a um, free agent candidate. Apparently. Um, Washington, I well, again, it's all it's all uh, speculation at this point. But Washington seemingly very interested in the former number one overall pick and Titans star. Uh, so yeah, it's you know everything was working on offense, and you know look at the pieces: Josh Jacobs, good running back; Darren Waller is, you know, for my man, I'm sure you agree, one of the best tight ends in the league. Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, rookie season, not bad, and Nelson Aguilar was a revelation coming over after so many um, disappointing years in um, in Philadelphia. It's just, again, they've got to repair this defense through draft and free agency. Um, and, yeah, as I mentioned, Gordo, Gus Bradley's got a very, very big job ahead of him. Yeah, uh, the Raiders, the defense just everywhere struggled. I mean, you look at the safeties, Jonathan Abram, He the stats don't look awful, but he was not good in coverage. Um, LaMarcus Joyner's not great. The linebackers struggled. There's no number one edge rusher on this team either. I mean, Max Crosby is a good rotation guy, but he should not be a starting edge rusher. They can't because, rush the passer at all, no. I mean, they wasted the top, what was it, I think, pick four on Cleveland Ferrell a couple of years ago. They, they struggled to draft the Raiders. I mean, they wasted first-round picks on Abram and Ferrell, then drafted Damon Arnett in the first round this year. They, they've tried to invest in the defensive side of the ball, and it just hasn't worked for them at all they i don't know whether it's a problem with their scouting department or what but they cannot properly invest in the defensive side of the ball it's weird because they brought in mike mayock on a a multi-year on a multi-year deal um before the 2019 season started and of course he'd been on television as a draft expert for so many years um where he knew gruden from but and they seem to get on well but it just hasn't worked with the draft and free agency this year um Again, like we say, with so many teams, they patch up this defense. They're a playoff team. We've talked about how good the offense is. Derek Carr, there have been wild trade theories about the quarterback position. It, matter, it seems that no matter how well Derek Carr plays, there's reports that uh, John Gruden's not on board with him. Uh, 
if you're Gordon, are you keeping car around? Because I certainly am Gordo after that year. I'll just give you give you the stats for Carr's year. Um, 68% completion percentage, 4,100 yards, 27 to 9 touchdown to interception ratio. Um, you know, I think he was a top 10 quarterback in the league this year, Gordo. As far as I'm concerned, um, you know, I wouldn't be getting rid of that if I was uh, John Gruden. Oh, not at all. I mean, I've seen the rumours going around that uh, the Raiders are interested in trading for Deshaun Watson. And, and Russell Wilson. As good yeah. as I think, as good as Watson is, that would be a horrible move by the Raiders. They'd be giving up way too much. Watson would not improve this offence. as He would not be enough of an upgrade over Carr to justify giving up whatever it is the Texans are asking for, three firsts and a player. They need to use those draft picks on defence. There is no point going out and trading for a quarterback. Yeah, he's only useful. He's only useful to them if he can, you know, play in the secondary as well on defense. Because otherwise, you know, this is this is a very, very poor, uh, poor defense. So yes, for us, three years now into the John Gruden ten-year contract, uh, no playoff appearances yet. They did improve again, four and twelve in his first year, seven and nine last year, up to eight and eight. Um, big question: Do you see them going to the playoffs and finally improving that one step further uh, next year? I don't think so. I mean. Rookies are probably going to have to start on this defense at almost every level. And I don't think you can win games if you've got that many rookies starting on defense. You look at what happens with the Vikings this year. I think it'll be a similar situation to that. A really good offense, but just hampered by a really, really young defense. So I think they're at least another year away. Mm. I don't see them winning more than eight games, probably at most this year. Mm. Yeah, you've got to be, think, be feel frustrated Um the Raiders fans, I mean, they had that great year under Jack Del Rio, as you mentioned, the Derek Carr MVP-like season. Then he breaks his leg. Connor Cook starts that playoff game. They get beaten by the Texans. And it was Brock Osweiler, I believe, starting that game for, for Houston. And that was supposed to be it. You know, we're back. It was their first playoff appearance since 2002, first winning season. Everyone thinks, whoa, yeah, here we are. And they haven't made the playoff since uh, in five years. So, yeah, a, a dark time for the Raiders. And I should mention, you said the Broncos were your kind of last I think you said maybe wildcard team. I had the uh, Raiders slipping in as my the seventh team in the AFC side of things. Um, you know, they didn't get in. And I'm in agreement with you. I don't see them going to the playoffs um, with a bunch of rookies starting on defense. And we go to the Midwest and Kansas City. Uh, they won the AFC West. They won the entire AFC, of course, before getting blown out in the Super Bowl uh, against Tom Brady and the Bucks. They won the division for the fifth straight season with a 14-2 record. It's worth pointing out that second loss was with many of their starters rested in a week 17 match at home to the Chargers. Offensively speaking, 16 points and first in yards. Defensively, 10th in points and 16th in yards. Um, I mean, we've said it all about how good this offense was. The question, as always, was going to be the defense. Um, statistically, Gordo, it looks good. Your thoughts on Steve Spagnolo's defense in year two? Obviously, it broke, broke apart in the Super Bowl, but uh, did you see the improvement there? And what are your thoughts on that? The Kansas City defense, it's in a really weird spot. I mean, they've got some really good talent there. Um, Lajarius Snead was really good as a rookie. Tyron Matthews, obviously great, uh, first-team All-Pro. Um, outside of that, oh, Chris Jones as well is really good. Outside of that, there's not much that I see that inspires confidence. The linebackers aren't great. Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, uh whatever, they're middle-of-the-road starters. Probably they're not stars. They're not terrible. Uh, the rest of the corners, Chavares, Ward, Bashad, Breland, again, they're not bad. They're not great. It's, it's a mediocre defense. It's got a couple stars on it, I think. And well, they just have to prop up this offense, I think. They just have to do enough to stay in games. And for most of the year, they managed to do that. It's just Super Bowl. They failed. Yeah, um, it's... <sighs> Just taking a look at their scores here, these this fourteen and two record looks great, and we touched on this. They were it seemed like they were relying on one quarter of the offense switching to that side of the ball now, uh, to you know to score twenty one points and win them the game, and they were just you know uh, sleepwalking through the rest of the game. If you look from week nine onwards, they beat the Panthers by two, they beat the Raiders by four, they beat the Bucks by three, they beat the Broncos by six, they beat the Dolphins by six, they beat the uh, Saints by three, and they beat the Falcons by three. These were, this was not a team that was blowing out teams and looking unstoppable in offense like we perhaps have seen in previous years with Patrick Mahomes. He was brilliant at also, but um, deficiencies in the offensive line, which we covered in our Super Bowl recap show, 
uh, and teams making waking up the fact that they needed to double Travis Kelsey and, and prevent the deep ball with Tyreek Hill uh, meant that, you know, they were having to win close games and all credit to them and the coaching staff, the Andy Reid, they were winning these close games. You know, it's never easy in the NFL, but I think in the end, those offensive deficiencies, particularly on that offensive line with the injuries, uh, you know, came back to bite them Gordo, and that's why they're not repeat Super Bowl champions as we speak. Yeah, I mean, Pat Mahomes, as good as he is, he has to have some form of support on the offensive line. And he just didn't get that. He had to play hero ball for a lot of the year. Um, and obviously, he does that really well. I mean, 38 touchdowns, six picks. That's probably his worst year as a starter. And even then, that's an incredible season. So if as long as they get back Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz next year, I think the offense continues to do the same sort of thing it has. But... It's just a matter of whether the defense can improve, I think. I think there's no question we'll be seeing them back in the playoffs. Whenever you have, it's a bit cliche to say, but whenever you have Pat Mahomes in your team, you're going to be contending for a title. Um, you just think these other AFC teams on the rise, Cleveland, uh, you've got Buffalo, um, you, know, you could put Tennessee in that group, Indianapolis if they get a good quarterback, and the Chargers, there's all these teams who... You know, with young quarterbacks who are on the rise, it's all about can Kansas City stay ahead and consider themselves the best team in the AFC going forward. Um, I mentioned all his offensive weapons. It's the usual customers. Travis Kelsey, I mean, what a year. I mean, uh, 1,416 receiving yards. I believe that's a record for a tight end in season. 105 receptions. Tyreek Hill had 1,200, almost 1,300 receiving yards. Um, Between them, 29 touchdowns. uh, that is just receiving wise and, you know, another two in the rushing category. So, I mean, I keep saying that this is the best, you know, receiving drawer in the league, but I think these two are not underrated. They're just the best outright. Um, where it all comes tumbling down, Gordo, as we discussed previously, is the salary cap. They're not in a great position. They're not going to be able to keep around this kind of uh, all-star cast on offense forever. Um, you know, how do you see that working out and, would you, have a, would you have a preference for letting one of these, you know, highly paid offensive stars uh, to let go? Or what would you be your thinking there? I mean, you look at it this year, they're already probably going to lose Sammy Watkins, who's... Decent. Not sure he's a star, but I see your point. Yeah, they're going to have to get rid of these secondary players. Yeah, I mean, you look at the list of free agents here, they're going to lose a bunch of secondary pieces, not stars, but one, the important depth that you need. They're going to lose that. And, I mean, Demarcus Robinson as well. So they're going to have to really hit on the draft in the next couple of years to be able to stay competitive. I think it might end up looking like an Aaron Rodgers and the Packers sort of situation where you've got the quarterback that's being paid a ton that's going to have to carry the team because the rest, they can't afford to pay many others. He's going to have Tyreek Hill. He's going to have Travis Kelsey. But outside of that, they're going to have to pay a bunch of backups to place their starters, I think. Yeah, I think... It's amazing. We were talking all throughout the year and throughout the playoffs. This is all. This is the next dynasty after the Patriots. Um, the Super Bowl kind of hollowed that. Tom Brady again got the last laugh. Now there's a lot of people thinking, "Oh, you know, pump the brakes on the um, on the dynasty talk." And fair enough. Uh, I, I feel like next year is such an important year for them. Do they prove that they are, as I said, a contender in the AFC, or do they perhaps take another step backwards? Um, it's certainly an interesting thing to watch. Um, going forward with Kansas City uh, in the AFC East. Uh, before we wrap up, anything else, any other little points you want to make on the AFC East or are you happy with that, Gordo? Um, just a final point on Kansas City salaries. Uh, Travis Kelsey signed till 2025. Tyreek Hill signed till 2022. Okay. So they're going to... It's a weird situation. Kelsey's going to be... Uh, what? He's 31 at the moment, so he'll be yeah, what, 36, so 35. 35 or 36, yeah. When he, wow. I think I he's, mean, he's still playing at an elite level, but that's a big contract to give a guy that's over 30. Yeah, I think I think what's more likely is they let Tyree Kill walk in free agency after 2022, and they look at Miko Hardman by then. You know, you mentioned they're losing Watkins and Robinson, but. Miko Hardman is the natural successor. He's speedy as well. He works on special teams. If he could be up to it, he would be that replacement. It's just a question of um, he's got the speed, whether or not he's got the smarts to talent to take over. If that happens, that would be uh, my thinking on that matter. But um, yeah, uh, it's all to come with that. So yes, they're the Chiefs back to the Super Bowl this year. Not successful. And that's what we think of their year. 
no break for news this week. Not too much happening. So straight on to the NFC West. Uh, we start with the last place team, the San Francisco 49ers, 6-10. and 10. Uh, Again, another se- season ravaged by injury. I think God, it was the fairest way to, um, in a nutshell, talk about their year. Of course, the reigning NFC, championship, uh, NFC champions. They've coasted through the playoffs before getting beaten by the Chiefs, um, kind of not choking away the game, but it was a nice comeback by the Chiefs. Uh, they come into this year... Jimmy G, people are still not convinced that he's their quarterback going forward. Um, he gets injured. I think the whole quarterback position is is in jeopardy. We'll talk about that uh, later on. Uh, but on the defensive side especially, I mean, Solomon Thomas, Steve Ford, and Nicky Bosa, Nick Bosa, the defensive rookie of the year last year, all missed essentially almost all of the year. And, and really this team couldn't overcome it. Robert Sala did a nice job of coaching this team up. I mean, the defense finished 17th in points and 5th in yards. He's, of course, gone now over to New York for the head coaching job. He's taken offensive assistants, Michael Fleur, John Benton, among others, with him. So they're, they're losing experience on that coaching staff. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be tough going forward, but I think if anyone's going to do it, if they can get the right quarterback, I think Carl Shanahan's the man. Gordo, how did you see this season? Yeah, it was a bit of a weird year for, mm-hmm. for San Fran. I mean, I'm not going to claim this because they were injured and everything, but I did have them missing the playoffs before the season started. Obviously, that was more me thinking about their roster at the time, not with all the injuries that were going on. But I just, I don't know what it was. They they had an historic defense the year before, and that never repeats the next year. I sort of had them, similar to what happened to Chicago two years ago, an elite defense that held up a mediocre offense with a bad quarterback. And that was always bound to come back and hurt them. And, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the answer at quarterback. I think that much is obvious. Nick Mullins isn't at all. CJ Beathard's not great. Um, they don't have the quarterback of the future on the roster right now. And they're drafting at 12. And I don't know whether they're going to get an immediate starter for next year there either. So I think they should be the ones pursuing a Deshaun Watson deal the most. Yeah, it's interesting. There was a lot of uh, talk about Matthew Stafford perhaps um wanting to go over there. And of course, the year before Tom Brady was rumored. So it clear, I think it's pretty clear now, Shanahan, uh, Groppolo's not his guy. Just clicking on the stats, Groppolo started six games, uh, seven to five TD interception ratio, just over a thousand yards at 68%. Nick Mullins starts eight games, 65%, two, four, three, seven yards, 12, 12 touchdown interception ratio. And then CJ Beathard, the stats are a bit misleading. He started a couple of games at the end of the year, uh, six to zero touchdown interception ratio and uh, 800 yards. Um, as you said, they're clearly none of them the answer there. Garoppolo, there's, there's rumours he could be involved in a trade or he could be sent back to New England. I heard a lot of talk about that in a trade. Um, I don't know. what Do you know what his contract's like, Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, I think they gave him a five-year deal, so it's probably got another three years on it. Yeah, he's, maybe. that's right. They gave him a big resign, didn't they? So yeah, They gave him a huge deal after six games. and That's right. They yeah. Were, yeah, there was, yeah it's, look, I, it's... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll regret that decision now. Um, t- oh, offensively, I think Jeff Wilson played quite well with Raheem Mostert. To, Raheem Mostert missed, uh, of course, he was the hero from last year's playoffs. He missed most of the season with injuries. Jarek McKinnon was kind of the third man there. He won't return. He said he's had a rather well, scathing uh, social media post saying he's not coming back. Carl check that fullback, he's you know, always going to be good. His fifth straight Pro Bowl is elected to. It's a young receiving squad. Um, rookie Brandon Ayuk kind of led the way with 60 catches for 750 yards and five scores. Then you've got Kendrick Bourne, also young, and George Kittle, uh, almost the forgotten man, I think, of tight ends. When you're talking about Gronk and you're talking about Kelsey, you're talking about Darren Waller. We forget how just how good George Kittle was in 2019. Of course, injuries hampered his season this year. Only caught 50 balls for 634 and two scores across eight games. So imagine what those stats would look like if he played the whole year, Gordo. But... Um, yeah, as I always say, the pieces are there on offense. Again, it's just that quarterback position they need to fill. Um, your thoughts on their offense? The worry for them is they're free agents at the end of this year. I mean, they'll, Trent Williams is up, and he was mm. very, very good this okay, year. Yeah. So whether he'll be re-signed or not, uh, then obviously not just offense. Defensively, uh, Richard Sherman, Solomon Thomas, Jaquiski Tart, Kyle Juszczyk, Kevin Coleman, Kevin oh, Kendrick Bourne. Ziggy Anza, Jarek McKinnon, Jordan Reed, Jason Verrett, Akello Witherspoon, 
it's just a never-ending list almost of free agents and they don't have much cap space at the moment anyway so they're in a really tough position I think money-wise it's I don't know if they'll be able to field a competitive team next year. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You, you felt like when they bought all those players in for that 2019 season, it was all signed up for a win-now squad. They're going to win the Super Bowl. It didn't happen, and now they're really uh, paying the brunt of that. You've got um, John Lynch, a GM, who's just been elected to the Hall of Fame, who's the first-time GM. He worked in broadcast before. Now he's got a real... I mean, there was all roses when they made the Super Bowl, but now him and Shanahan have got a lot of work ahead of them to get this team into, as you mentioned, a competitive manner, or they could be, um, you know, uh, looking in serious trouble. Um, interesting point. D'Amico Ryans is the new D coordinator. Uh, he's been promoted from within the defensive coaching staff. Uh, Ex-Texans and, of course, Eagles linebacker for many years. He's only 35 years old. So, as we mentioned, that's another big job there. But he does have the pieces, um, least for next year, as you mentioned, with Nick Bosa, D Ford, Solomon Thomas um, there on that defensive line. Uh, as I mentioned, going forward, um, as you've said, it's, it's looking tough for them. I'll have them missing the playoffs next year, and I presume you would too, Gordon? Yeah, I think so. Um, this division is too talented, I think, with the Rams and the Seahawks, maybe the Cardinals, if Cliff Kingsbury sorts things out. I don't think they're going to be better than either of those three, or than any of those three teams. So I will say, though, if they do somehow go out and get Watson, which is being rumoured, then I think this becomes a playoff team. It just worries me what they'd have to give up to get him because would if you were the 49ers, would you be opposed to giving up Nick Bosa and a couple firsts to the Sean Watson? Because that's what it would take. What's what's yeah, depending on I think you don't want to be selling, yeah. I don't want to be selling away my future for one quarterback. I don't think I understand how important the quarterback position is, but so you reckon they're an automatic playoff team if they get Watson in exchange for, you know, say uh, Nick Bosa and, well, as a player and then a couple of first-round picks, you think with that swap um, they're, they're a playoff team? I think they'd be close. They'd be closer than they are with any other option. I, think, yeah. I don't think a rookie would be able to come in and do it because the Shanahan system probably requires a more comprehensive um, understanding of the system. Um, I think Watson's the one to do it if they're going to go out and get a free agent. Yeah, I think poor old Kyle Shanahan is probably um, – he's had an interesting career so far. I'm going to go back to the lost Super Bowl um, against the Patriots with the Falcons down there in Atlanta, then the choking of the game last year down in Florida against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You're just waiting for the time where he gets to, you know, prove that – we know he can be a good coach, but, you know, people don't recognise that unless you actually have success and win championships. You wonder if he'll ever get there. There was always a lot of hype about him as a young coach. He's still young. Um, you know, interesting to see where he ends up there. Uh, the most damning stat I found, 18 players were injured reserve, uh, considered starting at the end of last year. So, you know, injuries – you can say what we like, but injuries certainly played a huge factor in that year. Um off to the desert we go. Arizona, eight and eight, third in the NFC West this year. Going in, there were high hopes. People thought Kyler Murray with his second year leap. Um, they thought this was a, a possible wild card team. Uh, they had a good start and they fell on away. It was a two and five finish there. So after a, what a six and three start. So um, they missed out on that final NFC playoff spot by the one game because they, well, to be honest, they blew their last two games. Uh, two against uh, the 49ers and against the Rams, which allowed the Bears to sneak in. Uh, yeah, so regardless of all the good things we saw, Kyler Murray, 68%, almost 4,000 yards passing, 26-12 touchdown interception ratio, uh, added another 800 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground. That's, you know, play uh, Pro Bowl-level stuff. DeAndre uh, Hopkins, first year in the desert, what, 115 catches, 1,400 yards and six touchdowns. That's you know, proving his worth as one of the best receivers in the game alongside that magical game-winning uh, Hail Mary catch against the Bills in week 10, you know, the, the, the Murray miracle. Christian Kirk's a good wider, you know, the Kenyon Drake, a you know, free agent, I believe, at running back, so that's nearer than you to look at. But offensively speaking, there's certainly young, exciting pieces there, Gordo. Um, they just they couldn't get it done. Perhaps an issue of maturity there late in the year? Yeah, I mean... Some of the play calling as well was really questionable. Uh, Kingsbury, there are always the questions on him coming out of college or when he uh, left Texas Tech, whether he'd actually be a good play caller or not. He'd struggled there, even with Pat Mahomes at quarterback. And 
issues have come into the NFL. I mean, just basic things, uh, game management, uh, timeout usage, play calling, just he's not experienced enough yet. He and Kyle are together. They've only been in the system, what, two years each. So I think that'll come over time. Yeah, I think you've certainly got a point there. There's talk that he's on the hot seat and possibly could be fired if they don't make the playoffs next year. Um, you know, I think that's a long way away, but uh, you certainly have to do a bit better. One other point I wanted to make, special teams. Zangle and Gonzalez missed some big kicks and some big games. So it only took a few plays for this team to get to the playoffs, but you say that with every team, a few plays can change the course of their season. Um uh, I wasn't going to say, on the defensive side of the ball, I like Patrick Peterson, I like Buda Baker in the secondary. Hassan Reddick had 12 and a half sacks at linebacker, which is certainly very good, but I never had faith. I mean, they were 12th in points and 13th in the yards, the defense, which is quite good statistically. Vance Joseph, of course, heads up this this team. But uh, as I say, I never fully felt faith in them when I'm when I'm watching their games. I mean, you know, what do you make of this, this unit, Gordon? It's, it's a weird defense. I mean... They were awful two years ago, and they were better this year. I mean, they've got the good pieces there. Isaiah Simmons is a future prospect. I mean, they drafted him knowing that he probably wouldn't impact immediately. He looked better as the year got on. Uh, Patrick Peterson's a free agent, so he probably won't be back given that he's 30. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, Hassan Reddick is probably the really interesting one here because he – he was horrible the first few years of his career. But this year, I mean, he broke out with the 12 and a half sacks. If I'm right, I think five of them came in the one game. I think uh, against the Giants, he had five sacks uh, and three yes, bumps. Yes. So, I mean, you want to take all the stats into account, but he, outside of that, he had seven and a half sacks in 15 games. So whether he's worth a big long-term deal or not is questionable. But outside of him, I mean, Chandler Jones was hurt most of the year. So if Jones is healthy next year and they re-sign Reddick, that's almost one of the best edge-rushing duos in the league. But it's just whether Reddick was a one-hit wonder or if he can actually continue that sort of form. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked about, as I said, coming in with this second-year um, boost. You know, they're going to all get better. As I mean, Kyler Murray did what he needed to do. John Gray Hopkins is a good receiver. There's not too much. They couldn't have played that much better. It's just situationally, and you mentioned the coaching. Um, they just went down. I mean, they lost by, what, three points to Detroit. They scraped over the Seahawks in that thriller on Sunday night football. They lost by a field goal to Miami, a game they really, really, really shouldn't have lost. Um, you know, they, they go up to New England and lose a game they really should have won. Uh, they, can't, they can't afford to be losing these games. We're in the hunt for the, for the playoffs. Next year... I just don't have faith in this defense with Vance Joseph. I think if they draft well on the defensive side of the ball, they can certainly be contending for the division. I mean, you know, as I've mentioned, this is a good team offensively. How do you see them uh, finishing next year? I see a similar finish, I think, to what they were this year. Um, it's, do you see Cliff hanging around then if they go 8-8 eight eight again? If they make the playoffs, he stays. If they don't make the playoffs, I think he's gone. I think it's simple that simple. That, this. Yeah. The Cardinals have shown that they're willing to move on quickly. I mean, they got rid of Josh Rosen and Steve Wilkes after one year. Mm. So they have a history now of uh, moving on quickly if it's not working. And I think if they go eight and eight again or worse, then I don't think Cliff Kingsbury will be there next year. Okay. And we go to LA, the Rams. Um, they're really the team that you point to and you think them all the talking points about them don't relate to last year. They relate, relate to what's happened in the offense, uh, in the off-season, apologies, already. Of course, I'm talking about the Mammoth trade, which sent Matt Stafford to LA in exchange for Garrett, Jared Goff and a haul of picks, including uh, two consecutive first-round picks. Um, in addition, as I mentioned earlier, Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator for one year, he's gone uh, across town to the Chargers to take their head coaching job. They've also lost Shane Waldron, a past game coordinator at Seattle as an OC, and Joe Barry, their assistant head coach and linebackers coach, is in Green Bay. I'm sure you would know all about that quarter. was their new DC. Um, so with all that, the actual season, what Jared Goff did, and the fact that they progressed to the divisional round and lost to Green Bay kind of pales in comparison, Gordo. Yeah, I mean, the Rams 
were weird team this year, I think. I mean, they had the 22nd best offense in the league. They, they put up 23 points per game, but they had the best defense. So, I mean, if you're conceding less than 19 points per game, your offense just has to be mediocre and you'll win more than you'll lose. So, yeah, I think they've realized now that they're in a win-now mode. The first-round draft picks they haven't used since they drafted Goff, so they probably don't need them. They'll be late picks anyway. If Stafford's enough of an upgrade over golf, I think this team's probably one of the best teams in the NFC next year. Yeah, it's spot on. I think um, I'll touch on the offense briefly. Uh, Sean McVay's been waiting for this. He's been frustrated with Jared Goff for a while now. There's no um, hiding that, despite the fact that they went to a Super Bowl two years ago. That was, again, that was certainly the defense which was getting them there. You mentioned the defense first in both points and yards. The offense 22nd in points is 11th in yards. Um, question is... Is Matthew Stafford enough with these uh, tools around him and offensive weapons um, uh, to make it to the Super Bowl? I think he is. You look at the um, – he's going to add another dimension. With golf, we've mentioned it was very one-dimensional, you know, plash and passes, running the ball. you got, what, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby as kind of his mate, top four wide receivers. Excuse me. Uh, I think he can easily do a lot with them. Cam Akers – Solid rookie year breaker, uh, solid rookie year. Sorry, and again another one I think who could be a breakout candidate next year. Um, you mentioned win now position. I mean, cap wise, only the Eagles and Saints are in a worse position. So you know, it's really you know, you know two years, three years, you got to be winning the Super Bowl at least making it. Um, and really, what's going to help them do that is that defense. So we'll probably touch on this later. But what you got, Aaron Donald, defensive player of the year, and Jalen Ramsey. They bookend it as far as I'm concerned. Um, cornerback position then you've got what Leonard Floyd was a star uh let me see stat wise Leonard Floyd had quite a few sacks this year 13 10 and a half sacks to go with Aaron Donald's 13 and a half so having Donald being double teamed uh, helps him come up there Morgan Fox at the defensive end position had six sacks of himself so they got all the pieces there um Michael Brockers Samson Egbicom all these it's a very good front seven and a nice secondary um, Gordo, so do you see a weak point? And what, what, if so, what? Not really. I mean, Leonard Floyd's a free agent, so maybe edge rusher. I mean, any defense with Aaron Donald, you're going to have a good pass rush, regardless of who your edge rushes are. But I think if Leonard Floyd walks, I'll be missing that extra presence. But outside of that, I really don't see any weaknesses in this defense. The safeties are really good. Um, yeah, Jordan Fuller was really good for them this year. Uh, the rookie, um, Troy Hill's solid. John Johnson's good. Uh, Darius Williams had a couple pick sixes, if I'm right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no weakness on this defense right now. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Uh, you, I presume, we're taking them to win the win the division next year. I wonder if this is going to be one of these teams where we're all like, you know, they won the off season and. You know, uh, and it turns out they're a little bit more disappointing than we expected. It is worth pointing out that, um, as you said, new staff on the, de- especially the defensive coordinator position, um, they're bringing across Raheem Morris for that role, of course, who was uh, most recently the assistant head coach with the Bucks and uh, with the Bucks, sorry, with the Ray, uh, with the Falcons. And when he became the defensive coordinator in Atlanta, that unit did improve. So, um, yeah, it's. It's big job there. And the other point I want to touch on was this offensive line. Been good for a few years. They bring back Andrew Whitworth, who seems to me to be about 50 years old now. They've got Rob Havenstein and, and uh, Austin Blythe and a few players there who, who've um, you know, certainly been good in recent years. Do you see this as a good offensive line? They were ranked terribly in 2019. They were really good last year with the run game. Um, do you think Matthew Stafford's obviously an older guy? Do you think he's going to be adequately protected there in LA? I think so. I mean... They're probably an average group. I mean, Whitworth is a really good tackle. The rest of the line's average. It's probably enough to get Stafford to the playoffs. I mean, he's shown in Detroit he doesn't need or he can take as many injuries as the teams will give him and he'll keep playing. I mean, he's played with uh, separated shoulders, broken ribs, punctured lungs. He's a fairly tough quarterback. So even if the line is below average, I think he's still good enough to win games. Yeah, and I think talking of Stafford... To close on the Rams, I think we all wish, even though you're a Packers fan, rival of the, the Alliance, I think we all wish after all he's been through um, and all he's done for the Detroit franchise and they haven't done for him, we all wish he can have success uh, from for a personal and a team perspective um, and go and get 
even if it's not a ring, you know, have some playoff wins. Of course, he's never won a playoff game and get through. And, um, you know, finally, after a long bruise and battered career, uh, have some smile and perhaps even walk, walk into the sunset. Um, but as I said, it's a long way away. We're all very high on the Rams at the moment, but, um, you know, we'll see where that ends up. Uh, the final team we're going to be looking at today is the winners of the NFC West. Seattle Seahawks, 12 and 4 year. Looks good on paper. Our offense looks good on paper. 8th in points, 17th in yards. But, oh, this is a frustrating year, Gordo. It's the offense and the defense, the way I put it, they were really in sync. So you started off, the offense was great. That firing, they were letting Russell Wilson throw the ball. You know, let Russ cook was the story of the day. And then the defense was one of the, on pace to be the worst we'd ever seen. Uh, alongside the Dallas team, Dallas defense. Uh, then the second half of the year, the defense gets better. 15 the points, 22nd in yards overall. And suddenly Pete Carroll wants to run the ball now. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer looks lost. Russell Wilson's frustrated. They get to 12 and four and they get embarrassed. Uh, not too much, 30 to 20, not a big loss. But if you watch that game, it was, it was I think, the worst playoff loss of the Pete Carroll era. I'm including that Super Bowl loss to, uh, to the Patriots. Um was a home loss again. The first one of the Pete Carroll era against the the division rival Rams. Um, you know, you can say it's a twelve and four season, Gordo, but this is one that ended more bitterly than than any I've remembered in recent times. Yeah, I mean, it just it felt like almost. I think it was the Buffalo game in about week nine. That yeah. was sort of where it flipped. I think after that game, the defense really tightened up, and then the offense just forgot how to play football. Mm-hmm. Like the Buffalo game, I'm pretty sure uh, Russ was sacked a ton. Picked um, off a couple of times, yeah. Sacked. Just nothing went right for them. Um, threw two picks, uh, took five sacks, fumbled twice. They just – Buffalo exposed how to beat this offense. And after that, they sort of struggled. But, yeah, the defense then decided to pick it up. But they just couldn't put it all together when it mattered most, I think. Yeah, on the defensive point, that in the lead-up to that Buffalo game, they'd given up 25, 30, 31, 23, 26, 37, 27, 44 points. And then beyond that, they gave up 23, 21, 17, 17, 3, 15, 9, 23, and the rest of the season. So there was a market improvement there points-wise, whereas the offense, I mean, they were scoring 30 all but one week in the first two months. And, excuse me, they, they scored 30 once more all year from week nine, excuse me, onwards. So... You're right. There was a market change there, and going forward, this is very intriguing. This offensive line is not good. That's there's no secret. I mean, what Russell Wilson's been, you know, even been a little bit vocal in his expression of being hit too much. Um, we hear that he's not comfortable and he wants to. You know, there's all that uh, surmise about him wanting a trade, but you know, it, I mentioned on the last week's show, Pete Carroll's here to stay. John Schneider, the GM, is here to stay. It's 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 their regime now, so. I think Russell Wilson's going to have to learn to live with it. Gordo is on a big contract now because it's going to be very hard to see a mammoth trade, um, you know, getting taken. Yeah, I mean, the Seahawks, they've always been, they've never really gone out and signed anybody big. They've never really gone out and traded for anybody big outside of Clowney last year. Their philosophy's always been... How did that um, work out? Yeah, I mean, Clowney obviously failed for them. Um you look at the offensive line and they've done, uh, they traded for Dwayne Brown a couple of years ago. And that's about it. Outside of that, it's all a bunch of rookies or undrafted free agents. Damian Lewis was all right at guard this year, but outside of him, it's a terrible unit and they can't run the ball that well behind it either. So yeah, I think the offensive line is the biggest need to address for Seattle this off season. Yeah, I mean, you look at the receivers. They got two one thousand yard receivers, so you're going to be going me, GK Metcalf. There's a lot. Is how do I put this? <laughs> there's a lot you have to put up with with DK Metcalf in addition to his play on the field. But he is a special player on the field. Eighty three catches for thirteen hundred yards and ten scores. And Tyler Lockett is another one of the most underrated receivers in the league. I think he's amazing. He's on. The, he's been on the same page as Russell Wilson since he got to the Emerald City. Hundred catches for a thousand fifty four yards and ten scores of his own. And they've got kind of backup receiver, kind of David Moore types. Greg Olsen retired, of course. Will Disley's the other tight end there. Uh, Jacob Hollister. So they've got the pieces there. Running-wise, um, rushing the ball, you're right. They can't rush the ball very much. I mean, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde seem to have been there forever. Um, it's, 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 it's Pete Carroll's way. He wants to run the ball. Um, 
you know, talking with Marty Schottenheimer on last week's show, it's that same philosophy. They want to run the ball to set up the pass. And Brian Schottenheimer didn't want to do that at the start of the year. They were passing all the time. Wilson seemed to like that. But, you know, if you didn't have protection, it's not going to be very fun. So Shane Wardle comes over from LA and it'll be interesting to see what he does with this offense quarter. Yeah, I mean, it's they've always been a frustrating team. I think their drafting isn't great. Um, taking Rashad Penny in the first round a couple of years ago, Jordan Brooks last year, they don't have a first round pick for the next two years. So they're going to have to rely on these late picks unless something major goes down and they end up with a couple of firsts. But they need to address these issues, but they don't have the draft capital to do it right now. Well, talking of uh, not having the first round picks, the reason for that is because they traded um, – for Jamal Adams, so I had a brain fade there from the from the Jets. Um, a lot of talk about how he had a good season. Uh, he certainly was all right blitzing and bringing extra pressure in coverage. I wasn't that impressed, Gord. I don't know what you felt, but your season, what you've started, 12 games, nine and a half sacks, kind of 14 quarterback hits, um, 83 tackles. What did you make of him coming across? They gave up a lot for him. Do you think it was worth it? And how do you see that situation going forward? It depends on what you view him as. I mean, in my mind, he's not a safety. He's a linebacker that sometimes plays deep. I mean, you look at most of his snaps this year. He's coming off the edge, unblocked almost every play. He's not good in coverage. I mean, PFF's given him an overall grade of 64. Mm. And with how good he was blitzing, you've got to... I mean, I don't have the full PFF subscription, but with how well they graded him blitzing you've got to wonder how badly his coverage was. I mean, no picks. Um, he's He can't cover. I think it's that simple. No matter how good you are at rushing the passer, even as a safety, you're not worth it if you can't cover. There was a couple of plays in the conference or in the wildcard round where the Rams targeted him deep and I think Cooper Cup caught a jump ball against him because he was just horribly out of position. So, I mean, they gave up a lot for him. Uh, whether it was just a bad year in a new system or whether he just literally can't cover, I think remains to be seen. But I don't think it was worth it. Yeah, I think the days of the Legion of Boom are long. But I mean, Bobby Wagner's the star. We're not gonna we're not gonna doubt that. But Quandre digs five picks, and then you got look at the rest of the segment: Shaquille Griffin, DJ Reed, Ryan Neal. I mean, these aren't you know names you think of as star corners. Um, possibly an area they have to look at. I think this whole defense you. We saw them at their worst. We saw them at their best. I think secondary could be an area they're looking to improve upon. Um, I just see them going backwards compared to the rest of the division. I I think they'll struggle to win it next year. Um, I think the Rams will win it next year, pretty obviously, from what we've said. I, yeah, I, I don't feel good about the, the Seahawks going forward, Gordon. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm the same. Um, obviously, the Rams are probably a better team. I think the Cardinals are probably a better team as well. I mean, the two games that they played against each other this year, they split in fairly close ones, but I think there'll be more improvement in Arizona. Um, Yeah, Seattle just seems off the field, like they've got some issues now between uh, Russell Wilson and obviously the um, GM and coach and all that. So whether that comes onto the field or not remains to be seen. But yeah, I don't see them winning more than 10 games maybe next year i think that's about their ceiling yeah it's interesting that after they won that super bowl in the 2013 season they went 12 wins uh lost super bowl 10 wins lost the divisional round 10 wins lost the divisional round and then they missed the playoffs nine and seven in 2017 a lot of people thought that's the end you know expect a will uh, five or six years in the wilderness missing the playoffs i didn't i thought i'm i i was pretty high on them they went back to the playoffs they went 10 and six lost in the wildcard round 11 and five lost the divisional round and 12 and four. So they've improved record wise last four years, but this time I'm not, I, I agree with you. I think the mission, the playoffs, um, you know, Russell Wilson is a good quarterback. We saw he was, um, you know, all the MVP hype was about Russell. He's never got a vote. He's going to get a vote this year when he was playing well the past, first six or seven weeks that fell apart. Um, yeah. You have to wonder. It's, it's uh, They've been one of the more consistent franchises, as I said, with Philadelphia the other week um, over the past decade or so, but, doesn't look good going forward. Um, as I said, especially with all the talent uh, at the Rams and those other teams uh, in the NFC West. Any other thoughts on the Seahawks or indeed any NFC West team, Gordo? 
mean, not really. I think we've covered pretty much everything we needed to. Okay, and all that uh, leaves is the AFC and NFC South divisions. We will be back probably early next week uh, or late this week to recover them, and then we are it with our division recaps. Uh, we probably won't hear from us until the draft or around about then. Oh, well, Gordon, thanks for being with me. It's all right. Thanks for having me. And you can find the links to both of our blogs in the subscription. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the music and some of the Funkorama. And thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time. Meanwhile, enjoy life. Bye-bye.